welcome back. Welcome back to Hope for Today. Let me get my mug here. It's behind me. I don't even know if you can see it back there. So we are celebrating hope for today. So let me just see if I can get this up here for you. I don't even know if you're going to see it tonight, but you know it's there. So today we're going to be in Ephesians. And, you know, sometimes certain verses to me, I said to my husband, oh, I'm tired of the same old verses. You know, I want some new verses. And this one just really, to me, is the perfect fit for what God was speaking to me about the other day. So we're going to be in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and many of you are probably very familiar with this verse, and many of you maybe not so much. Maybe you're newly saved, maybe you're not saved, maybe it's your first time even studying the Bible. So it says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And this is a very famous verse. Many people have talked about it in many different um, avenues and, and many different, you know, ideas behind it and scenarios. Today we're going to talk about relationships versus rituals and your walk with the Lord. You know, when I first started in my career, actually even before that, when I was a little girl, I loved, I used to get these little books and it would be on, let's say, Mexico, or it could be on Brazil, or it could be on, um, you know, a place like China or the United Kingdom or something. And it would be a little book with stickers. And then I'd get a little doll that would represent that particular nationality, country or whatever. And I loved these books. I would read these books and I'd put the stickers in the book and I'd have the doll and I had a doll collection. And I used to get these, there were dolls and books from around the world. And I remember, as far back as I can remember getting these books, I loved them. I loved studying about the different people. I was always fascinated with my own, I used to say to my dad, what's my nationality? And he would tell me our background and my mom's background. And I wanted to know like where our ancestors came from. I love tradition and I love doing things the traditional way. One of the, um, one area of my background is I am Scottish and I love eating Scottish food and making Scottish food and eating meat pies and shortbread and not so much the haggis, but I do like the meat pies and sausage links. And if you're Scottish, you know what I'm talking about. Good stuff. You know, I came from good stock, as they would say, and all the different other um, backgrounds that I have. I was fascinated with this. I loved culture. I love studying a people. Why do they eat what they eat? Why do they do what they do? Why do they, um, their family values are different. Well, so much so that I ended up becoming a travel agent and I traveled the world and I would send people around the world. And I loved again, studying culture. It just was a fascination of mine. Carry that to current day. I have been doing a study, a personal study on different, if you want to say religions and culture. I'm fascinated with why people do what they do, how they do what they do, what is the meaning behind what they do. And two particular ones that I've been really um, doing a lot of studying on, I tell you, they've got some great values. I've said to my husband, there's things in their philosophy, if you want to say, of culture. Now, some of the things are like ingrained. It's not just the religion, 
but it's also the area that you come from are sort of like melted together. Not so much in all areas, but in some areas. And the one particular one, it is not only the country you're from, but then the religion you are kind of melted together. But some of the things that they do, I really say are wonderful. Either the way they raise their children, the way, uh, the respect that the husband and wife have for each other, the way the woman wants to respect her husband in her dress and her attire and her demeanor and different other areas that, that they talk about. And um, then that would be more cultural, I'd say, a little bit of the religion involved. But then other things that they do religious-wise, the rituals, if you want to say, or the traditions that they do, are fascinating to me in why they do it, and they're so strong in their beliefs on these things. Then there's another culture religion that I've been um, kind of reading up on and, and studying on, and it goes back generational after generational after generational of people. And it, again, fascinates me that they are so indoctrinated into what they believe and why they do it and the traditions that they follow. And if you want to say rituals that they do are based on these things. And I'm fascinated with it because we as a Christian probably could take some good lessons from some of these things that these people do. But here's the thing. They have rituals, and I wrote down a few things so I would remember, in the way they pray, and how they pray, where they pray, how often they pray, what they pray for, the prayers, the uh, repetitive prayers that they might say in reference to a certain situation, um, how they keep themselves separate from, if you want to say, the world or other people. Not so much that they won't talk to you, but they live a separate life. They live in a, a separate way. They try and stay within their own communities. They keep certain laws or certain rules. They follow um, in addition to the Bible or maybe only parts of the Bible they will follow. Or they'll have a, an additional book maybe or an additional reference material. There are certain religious leaders that they're following that if that leader says, you know, do this, they would do that, and so on. And I just find that to be, I wouldn't say any of it would be necessarily wrong. Some of it maybe, but I, I you know, like at a, at a quick glance, I wouldn't say there's anything horribly, terribly wrong with that. But here's the thing. So let me go back a little bit again. When I was dating my husband, now my last name is now Wilson, and my husband is Wilson. So if you know anything about um, athletic wear and gear, Wilson basketballs, Wilson t-shirts, Wilson, you know, Wilson is in the athletic world as a name. So as a joke, my husband's family all wore Wilson t-shirts and they would go to a picnic, you know, at the church picnic with the Wilson t-shirt on. So we all knew who the Wilsons were. And we are not of, you know, not part of that. We haven't inherited all that wonderful wealth from those Wilsons. We're a different Wilson, but it was more of a running joke and I thought it was fun. So when I was dating my husband, I remembered saying to my sister-in-law, oh, I have to go out and buy one of those Wilson t-shirts. She said, uh-uh-uh, you're not a Wilson yet. When you become a Wilson, 
you can wear a Wilson t-shirt. And she was very emphatic. This was a big deal to her. And then I remembered going in the kitchen and the coffee pot was always on and they would joke, if you want to be a Wilson, you have to drink coffee because I wasn't a coffee drinker. I was a tea drinker, Scottish background, right? And it was just, you know, those fun little quirky things. But I remembered when I got married and I became part of the family, I could wear that Wilson t-shirt with pride because I was now a Wilson. And it just made me think about, you know, relationships and rituals. And I don't know, ever since 2020, I think more so because I've had more time to spend with the Lord, or maybe the time I've spent with the Lord has been more sweeter. You ever have that? Um, I'm looking for him for more advice than I think I ever have. And my relationship has just been so much stronger. Now there are days in that I neglect my relationship with him. I, there are days with my husband, I, you know, we talk, but there's not been this great conversation. And even with my kids, you know, some days you're just not, you're not all there, you know, you're busy, you're doing and, and then I have to come back the next day and apologize to my husband or my kids and say, Hey, I was so busy yesterday. My head was spinning. I had this going on that, you know, let's regroup, let's reconnect. I, I, I what's been going on. I want to catch up with you and kind of, you know, let's, let's get back to that relationship. And I think that's the way it is with me and the Lord. Like I'll have days where I, I, I might've done a devotion or maybe said a quick prayer, but you know, it's not that the Lord wasn't on my mind. It just life happened. And I know, you know, I used to feel so guilt ridden about that and I don't anymore because the Lord designed my brain. The Lord wired me the way I am. The Lord has given me the family, the job, the, the life that I'm living. He's given that to me. He knows what's happening. He already knew you know, on such and such a date, Lynn's going to, you know, ignore me all day. He, the Lord knows that he's already in the future. And so I don't feel guilty about it. But what I do feel is, oof, you know, I love the Lord. And I need to, like, I love my husband. I need to say to the Lord, you know, I'm really sorry that, like, I didn't really spend time with you yesterday. I didn't really take time to listen to you. I didn't really take time to honor who you are and respect who you are and read your word and spend some quiet time with you. And Lord, I want to regroup today. I want to kind of get back and have a better relationship with you today. Do you ever take the time to do that? You know, and it doesn't mean I have to say five prayers or, or read certain books or read this many Bible verses. And, and, um, you might find that, and I'm not putting any one person down, but we have religious leaders that will tell us, you must do this, you must do that, you must do this, you must do that. Now that's their opinion as a person. There's no must that you must do other than what the Bible tells us we must do. And you know, I have a relationship with the Lord. I spent a moment in my life where I realized that, you know, I didn't really have anything to offer. If I went to heaven and faced the Lord and he said, why should I let you in heaven? I'd be well, I did a pretty good thing. I, I tried to be a good person and I've said my prayers and I gave some money once in a while and I worked with charity and, and um, helped my neighbor. And, you know, across the board, I, I, I didn't steal too much. I didn't cheat too much. I didn't lie too much. And, um, you know, I, I'd say I was a pretty good person. And the Lord would say, well, that's wonderful. That's great. But 
that's like kind of an earthly level of good. What are you doing to, what did you do to be able to enter into heaven? And I didn't have anything at the time to say that that was how I can get to heaven until I realized that, you know, my good is just not good enough. I'm not a horrible criminal minded person and did all these things that I could be sent away to jail for or should be punished in a severe way. I didn't do any of those things, but I'm still a sinner by nature. And, you know, we can walk around and say, oh, well, yeah, I don't lie, don't cheat, don't swear, don't do, don't, you know what? We all do in our heart of hearts. We've all done something probably moments ago that we can all say, well, it was just a little, no, there is no little, there's no big, it's sin. And God calls it sin. And I had to come to a point in my own life where I realized that, okay, I fall short of heaven. You know, I might be a good person on this earth, but there's no way that good on heaven is going to get me to the level of heaven. And then I had to realize that, you know, when you read the Bible, best place to go is John 3, 16, that God said he died on the cross in place of me. And he took my sins to the cross. He took Lynn Wilson's name to the cross. He took the entire world for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that who's, who, whosoever believes in him should have everlasting life. And I had to make that a moment in my own life where I built a relationship with the Lord. He is now my Lord and Savior. I had to come before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to go to heaven. I want you in my life. I want you part of my life. I want to, you know, confess or share or however you want to say it that, you know, I am, I am a sinner. And when I get to heaven and the Lord says, what do you have? Is your name written in the book of life? It is because I accepted him. I, I've asked him to come into my life. I now have a relationship with the Lord. It was just like, you know, wanting to wear that Wilson shirt. I want to be a wannabe Wilson. You might be a wannabe Christian and I want to be a Christian and I'm doing all the Christianese things and I can talk Christianese and I can dress Christianese and I can have moral values and I can do all these things and I can pray so many times a day and pray certain prayers and, and do all, you know what? The list goes on and on. Every culture and every religion has all these things. None of those things will get you to heaven. Now, in it, in itself, like I said, some of these things are beautiful things that are being done, but they're rituals. You need that relationship with the Lord. And that was the one thing I found. The more I study culture and the more I study different religions, there's no relationship. There's not even hope of an eternity. There is a well, I'm kind of hoping I did okay that I can go to heaven. I don't have to kind of hope. I can know without a shadow of a doubt that I have a place in eternity. I'm going to be with the Lord forever. And I have a relationship. And there's a difference. It's not a religion. It's not a cluster of things that you have to do. It is none of that. It's a relationship one-on-one. -on -one. I've heard people say, well, how can somebody on their deathbed get saved? What good was that? You know, they didn't do anything their whole life. They maybe didn't. I don't know the whole, you know, story of their life. I don't know anything about it, but I can tell you this. If you even look at the man that was on the cross next to the Lord, 
the thief on the cross. And he reached out to the Lord and he said, how can I be with you? And the Lord said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Did that man on the cross who was facing his own death alongside of the Lord Jesus Christ, did he get off the cross and say, hey, I got saved. Let me live a good moral life and let me do all these great things. He didn't have time to do that. He was already hung on the cross. He was dying next to the Lord. But he knew when he looked at the face of Jesus, this is a savior. This is the king of kings. The man that they think they're killing is the almighty. He is the king of kings. He is the son of God. And that thief on the cross recognized that and accepted the Lord that day and is in glory. He didn't have time to get off the cross. Now his story lives on and many times preachers have used his story to kind of help somebody along realizing that even at a last moment you can be saved. But I'll tell you what, we don't know when our last moment is going to be. None of us do. So, you know, I've heard people say, well, I'll wait till the last minute till God calls me home and then him and I'll chat. You don't know if you're going to have that opportunity. So I'm just letting you know, you need a relationship. You do not need rituals. Again, back to our verse for by grace, it's the Lord's grace that are you saved by faith, faith in him of the fact that you're a sinner and faith that he died on the cross and he rose again and he's going to return someday for his own, his own people that have accepted him. Not by yourselves. It's nothing that I can do. I'm not good enough. It is a gift from God. The Lord gave, Jesus was the son of God and God gave his son to us as a gift to save the world if you accept him. And it says, not of works, lest any man should boast. You know what? We are to do what we do after we're saved. If we want to do times of prayer, it's to build that relationship. If you're going to read the word, only read the word of God. Books are great. Other books are, it could be interesting. But the word of God is the word of God. And that's the bottom line. There's where you should be getting your wisdom and your direction from. We can do good works. We can do all kinds of things, teach in Sunday school, walk somebody across the street that needs help, give money to charity, yada, yada, yada. That's all good stuff. It does not get you to heaven. What you need is the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're today, maybe as a Christian, you're even kind of caught up with your rituals and, well, I do this and I do that. You know what? Maybe you need to rebuild the relationship you have with the Lord. Maybe you need to regroup and say, Lord, time out. You know, I need time out. I need to start talking with you again. I need to start building that relationship. I need to start hearing that quiet voice, that very quiet voice, that quiet and gentle voice of the Lord. Is he telling you to do something? We have a couple of podcasts up and coming where I'm going to be talking about prayer and quiet time with the Lord and knowing what season you're in and so many other good things. So I hope you stick around. I invite you to come back next week, same time, same place. I do love to read the comments. So leave a comment below, <coughs> excuse me, and let me know how things are going. My email is also in the description below. If you want to reach out with an email, that would be great. Love to have you come back. 
and I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule today. And don't forget, there is always hope for a better today. All right, see you next week.